We believe this is the message of Matthew 25 that Jesus says, if you will leave your comfort zone and go to where people are hurting and you bring my love in that context, Jesus promises that I will meet you there. Today on First Person, the plight of the untouchables known as the Delete in India, and what we can do to overcome their oppression. Welcome to this week's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Two men will join me for the conversation today. Matthew Cork, a pastor, and Ken Kemp of Operation Mobilization. Together, they have a burden for India, and they've written a book called Why Not Today? I'll introduce these men to you in just a moment. I'll mention this again at the end of the program, but I hope you'll go online for additional information about the feature film, which is coming out on DVD, titled Not Today, as well as the book we'll talk about. Together with Operation Mobilization, this is an effort to overcome human exploitation as the gospel is proclaimed. There are links to the book and movie and links to Operation Mobilization at FirstPersonInterview.com. And we have additional information on Facebook at Facebook.com slash FirstPersonInterview. Well, hand-in-hand with the new movie, Not Today, is a book with the title, Why Not Today? Trafficking, Slavery, the Global Church, and You, authored by Matthew Cork and Ken Kemp, both of whom join us now on First Person. I started talking with Matthew and asked him to tell me what happened to him after his first visit to India. Well, uh, you know, i was uh, been a, a pastor at Friends Church for um, now 22 years, and I became the senior pastor in 2003, and our missions pastor came around a year later and said, hey, we're building some schools in India, and would love for you to come. And I, and I kept putting him off. And I kept saying, hey, I'll help you from here, but that's your job. You go, you take your people, I'll raise the money. And he kept coming back year after year. And finally, in 2007, he said, I got some guys praying for you, Matthew. I think you really need to go. And I went. And um, as I journeyed to India with a team of about 14 of us, uh, it was life-changing, to say the least. Uh, as I wrote the book, I, I said I went as a Christian, and I came back a follower of Jesus. Hmm. And so there was just a huge difference that happened in my life. I know you wrote a whole book about what you saw there, but just summarize it for us. What what was so impactful in your life? Well, I, I, I think for me, growing up in the Church, um, I had become comfortable. Parents are Christians, went to church every time the doors were open, went to a Christian college, you know, uh, married a, a Christian lady, worked at a church. Uh, I was the poster child for Christians. Yet when I went to India, I was confronted really not only with uh, humanity and what was going on halfway around the world that I could not believe that I got to see firsthand, that modern-day slavery, the poverty, all that was going on. But what happened to me was Scripture actually came alive to me. And when the words in Proverbs that said, speak up for the voiceless, for the destitute, for the poor, for those who have no voice, I realized that that was my call. It wasn't somebody else's call, it wasn't another church's call, it was my call, that I was to speak up. And as I went there, uh, I was confronted with this firsthand, and I began to see it in a way I had never seen it before. And I think uh, at the old airport, when I'd come off of the plane, you were just hit with uh, so many different things going on from the poverty to the animals running wild at the airport to children that were begging without limbs. And your first five minutes were overwhelming. Hmm. And I think in that minute I realized that the world I lived in was a comfortable world, was a very safe world. 
but I don't think it was the biblical world that I was supposed to be living in and caring for and actually making a difference in. And that's what happened on that first trip to India back in 2007. Well, most people who have uh, travel experiences like that, though, they come home and maybe their their thinking is changed for a while and they have a burden for a while, but eventually life takes over and things get back to normal, so to speak, in America. That didn't happen to you. Why, why didn't it happen to you? <laughs> I was asking myself the same question because I've been on many trips before and I've had experiences. But I think what was really interesting on this trip is I knew God was completely speaking to me and as I said in the book, he, he wrecked me. And when he wrecked me, it was uh, so close to my heart that I knew I wasn't going to come back the same. I knew it wasn't going to go away. And I knew that if this vision was going to become a reality of freeing the deletes in our generation, as we put it, and giving them a hope, that it wasn't going to take one trip and a few dollars that I would be willing to give of myself. It was actually going to take everything. And I think what happened is when I went, um, I made a commitment. I made a commitment to God, um, and I made a commitment to these people uh, in India with Operation Mobilization as our partner. And I want to meet that commitment because I believe that was God's call of my life. And so for me, it, it wasn't just about a trip anymore. It wasn't about going and seeing some schools. It was actually about changing uh, the next generation of people and freeing people with the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ. And so I can only say that the conviction was so deep, and I made a commitment to God while in India back in 2007 that said, God, I'm in. I'll come here as many times as you want me to come. I'll raise as much money as you want me to raise. I'll bring as many people as you want me to bring. But I'm telling you now, I'm in. And I guess for me as a leader, um, I, I want the people that are with me when they say I'm in to really mean it. And so I knew that I had made a commitment to God and to these people, and I was going to follow through, whatever that meant. Let's explain that what you encountered was uh, largely the caste system in India, and at the bottom of that are the untouchables, the delete, uh, which you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, talk about the plight of the delete. Yeah, well, there's roughly, they estimate, between 250 and 300 million people, that'd be the size of the United States, live in what is called um, the caste system, and they are considered... Uh, the untouchables, which means they have absolutely no rights. They're considered less than animals. Uh, they would say if you drank uh, a drink of water after a delete or an untouchable, you would have to break the cup because now as a person you were contaminated by this human being. And to see that firsthand, to go into this place called Pipe Village where these deletes were living in discarded concrete sewer pipes and them coming out of these pipes in this village and living in immense poverty, and considered less than an animal, I saw these people face-to-face, and I looked them in the eyes. And these young kids came out to me, and they began to speak to me and, and, and to talk to me in, in English, and they began to share with me. And uh, a guy that was with us said, Matthew, because of you, these deletes, these 250 million people, the ones you see right now, will never live in a pipe again because you're giving them an education. Mm. And so this caste system has been around for thousands of years, and and what happens is um, it's as much emotional and as much mental as it is physical, because they have been told that you are considered less than an animal. They could have been told that they're worthless by their parents, because their parents passed it down to them. And so generation after generation has began to tell their children that they're not worth anything. And you know, once that's told to you so many times and you live in a country that lives that out, you begin to believe it. And so breaking caste system 
is as much of a physical slavery as a mental slavery. And as we look at it, 90% of those who are trafficked are sold into human trafficking, uh, who are manual scavengers. 90% of those in India are the deletes. And so we believe that God has called us to give them freedom and to bring them hope in the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ through education. Well, one of the ways uh, that you've decided to tackle this, uh, again, with God's help, is is by writing a book, and a second way is by producing a movie. Now, the movie's already been in theaters. It's called Not Today, but it's just now coming out on DVD as this program is released. And I want you to talk about Not Today. For those who did not see it in the theater, what will they see when they get their hands on the DVD? Well, our hope is to put it in a context that will be understandable to you, a story of a, a, an American young boy who really has become entitled and has everything, grew up in the church, but his faith never became his own. I would say he was uh, a Christian, maybe, on the outskirts, but not really a follower of Jesus. And him and his buddies want to go to a, a city they've never been, to a country they've never been, and they chose India. And they go on this journey to party and to have fun, yet they are confronted with what I was confronted with, a young delete girl and her father standing on the street corner begging for food, and he feels that's their responsibility, take care of yourself. Yet later on, as the movie uh, goes on and they continue this journey, they see this man again without his daughter, and he says exactly what we heard and have come to find out, that he sold her for a better life, he thought. But in actuality, he had sold her into slavery. And now the main character, Caden, and the father go on a journey of redemption and hope to find this girl and to rescue her back. And in the meantime, this journey for this young man brings him closer to God and awareness of the separation he has from him and how his life needs to change as well. And it's been a powerful story. Um, we have been, uh, we opened April 12th in around 21 cities, uh, and God blessed us to continue to open all the way up until uh, the, the time of the DVD release, and we'll be in 66 cities total uh, after starting just in 20, and there was just a great groundswell and a lot of people that wanted to bring this movie to their city because of the message and the hope that we brought through Not Today. And what are viewers of the movie telling you after seeing it? Well, I think a lot of them, what we got was this is life-changing. Um, it's like a mission trip to India without going, number two. And then the third thing is that they now had to make a difference. You know, our, our question to them is, is just like the book, why not today? Because you can make a difference right where you are. Uh, we use the slogan for the movie, uh, your ticket in is their ticket out. If, if you bought a ticket to the movie, if you buy a DVD, you are helping actually free children in India because all the proceeds, as we uh, get the proceeds back for this movie and the DVD, are going to free children and build schools. And so as we look at it, they're saying it has been life-changing. And that's why um, it went to an additional uh, 46 cities or so. And the crazy thing about that is that you don't hear it in a movie in a theater, but, but these people were actually, we had to pre-sell 400 tickets before we would take it to a new city. And in the 44 new cities, people bought 400 tickets per city just to get it to their city. That doesn't normally happen, but what people were saying was this was life-changing. I didn't know about this. I need to be a part, and I need to be a part of making a difference. We'll continue today's conversation with Pastor Matthew Cork and Ken Kemp of Operation Mobilization coming up on First Person. Next week, our guest will be Lee Ellis, a former POW in Vietnam, with lessons on leadership. And to me, um, helping people understand that you cannot lead with honor without courage. And courage is leaning into the pain of your fear 
and doing what you know you ought to do, even though you may be scared. Lee Ellis, the author of Leading with Honor, Leadership Lessons from the Hanoi Hilton, next time on First Person. My guest on First Person this week is Matthew Cork, the author of Why Not Today, Trafficking, Slavery, the Global Church, and You. His co-author now joins us as well. He's Ken Kemp, who also works with Operation Mobilization. Ken, welcome to First Person. Hi, Wayne. Great to be here. You've been listening as Matthew has shared, and I know you've heard this story over and over again, but it, it never ceases to amaze me how gripped you guys have been about what you've seen gripped so that you couldn't you couldn't not do anything. You had to do something to help. Well, Matthew likes to talk about his life got wrecked when he went to India, and then uh, uh, he joined me where uh, I, and I got wrecked too. Uh, I, uh, I was uh, at the church at a time where uh, I was kind of struggling, wondering where my life was going, and uh, Matthew and I had done a few things together. I'd written some materials for the church, uh, but he stood up and he said to everyone, you know, uh, we're part of a movement that is going to eliminate the caste system in India. And that was one of the most audacious things that I'd ever heard. And that just got me going down the, down the whole road. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about that. Is that even possible? And Matthew, what are the, what are the steps to, uh, to see that happen? Well, is it possible? I believe it, it is. I believe it's overwhelming. I believe the enemy would love to tell us it's way too big and keep us sidelines. And, you know, he loves to disconnect us from the power source of uh, God's Son, Jesus Christ, living in us and through us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he loves to convince us that you can't make a difference. But what we've decided, and don't want it to be cliche-ish, but we just believe, and every time I get off the plane at India, I, I fight this battle. Billion people here. How are you going to make a difference? And we've just decided it can be done. It's one child at a time. It's one school at a time. And we believe by being on the preventative side of this caste system, by telling people now, this next generation from four years up, that they were created in the image of an almighty God, and that he loves them and has great things in store for them, and to give them an education that we believe, as we begin to free one child at a time, that this will become uh, a new movement in India. And there'll be a tipping point. Uh, Operation Mobilization believes, with Dr. Joseph D'Souza as the head of this vision, that if we could build a 1,000 schools and free 500,000 children in India, that there would be a tipping point where people would begin to understand and see that these people can make a difference. And by that tipping point of 500,000, that it would begin to change India from the inside out. So we definitely believe that we can do it one child at a time. Now, Ken, uh, Matthew mentioned Joseph D'Souza there inside India. Of course, you two are Americans and coming in, but he's already there. Uh, this is a this is a partnership that you're working together, isn't it? It is indeed. And uh, Matthew called me in and uh, uh, challenged me one day in February of 2009. He just said, "Ken, we we need to write a book, and I want you to help me write it." And um, couldn't sleep for a week. And next thing I knew, I was uh, on an airplane with Matthew to go to India myself, and I got to meet Doctor D'Souza. Uh, Doctor D'Souza had uh, an incredible vision. Uh, after many years of, of working in India and having difficulty uh, sharing the gospel and seeing results, when um, he realized that uh, there was a whole movement going on, he got invited to be a part of a Delete Freedom Movement, and he was invited to come in as a, as a Christian, and he was given freedom to, uh, to, to share his own story. And um, 
the the whole focus was uh, that the elites really deserve to have freedom of religion, which they they do not have. Um, and uh, Dr. D'Souza stood up in front of a crowd of uh, of elites in 2001 in New Delhi, and that was a turning point when he just shared the story that Matthew's been talking about that God has created you, He loves you. Uh, there is no distinction between you and anyone else in this country or anyone else else in the world. You have total status before before God. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. We love you, and um, and we support your efforts to be free. And that turned a corner that opened up a whole floodgate of uh, decisions and momentum uh, towards this freedom that we're describing. And of course. We know that if the Son will set you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Yeah. Matthew, I know you do this in the book, but give us some ideas. Let, let's uh, spend a few minutes talking about what we can do. It seems like such an overwhelming problem. You know that better than any of us. But what are the things that we can do? What are you doing, and how can we join with you to see that this gets done? Well, I, I think one of the, the ways that we see if we, we put our efforts together, we, we have begun here in this church by giving people opportunity because— you know, our church, everybody can't get to India. Everybody doesn't have $100,000 to build the, the first phase of a school. But they do have something that they, they can use, and, and they do have a little bit of money that they would be willing to part with to, to free a child. And so DeleteFreedomNetwork.org um, sponsors children, all the children that are in all of our schools. There's about uh, roughly 26,000 children now that are in our 105 schools in this movement. And uh, you can go to DeleteFreedomNetwork.org, and you can uh, sponsor a child at around $30 a month. And what you do is you just don't feed a child. You actually send them to school, give them an education, some of them their first pair of shoes, plus a meal a day. That 30 bucks goes a long way in India. And you can begin to free a child by doing that. Second thing is we have multiple partners. If you go to our webpage, which is NotTodayResources.com, NotTodayResources.com, it lists all the partners from focus on the family to the operation mobilization to uh, YWAM to, to many organizations, not for sale as one. Uh, and I, I told them uh, at another radio interview, they have an amazing kind of app that you can download. And you can see when you go into a store to buy a piece of clothing, where that was made and if it was made uh, by a person, a young kid who is um, in child labor. And you can make a choice not to buy that piece of clothing that was made by a child laborer. And so it gives you choices, which is a simple thing, but it's a way to help us stop this human slavery. So you can go to nottodayresources.com, see a bunch of things there, and our partners all around the globe that are doing things to fight human trafficking and see how you can get involved. All right, and we will, of course, put that website and others on our program website that listeners are accustomed to so you can access that information easily. Matthew, I'm just so impressed that you're one pastor in one church but you, you couldn't say no to God. You had to do something, and you're really helping to ignite a movement here. Yeah, well, thanks. I, uh, I look back and I say, you know what? Our job, I believe, uh, is to be obedient. And, and when, you, when you step out in obedience and faith, and you'll see it over and over in Scripture, we say, God, it's your job to show up, because I can't do this alone. I knew this wasn't going to be about one church. I knew this wasn't going to be about one man. It was going to be about one man, Jesus Christ, but all of us had to come together. And that's why God allowed us to, to do this movie, to write this book, so that we could get others involved and engaged, and that we could free thousands of thousands of children and build schools for the next generation to be freed in India. Ken, are there some hopeful signs already? Are things beginning to change? Oh, indeed, indeed. And um, I was going to add to 
the list uh, that Matthew laid out there. Uh, there's been a, a wonderful discussion guide that's been created. Uh, folks will be able to engage this uh, this whole issue on a six-part series with their small group. There's a discussion guide that utilizes both uh, the book and the DVD and opens up all kinds of doors. And yes, Wayne, we, we've been seeing um, a huge excitement in, in India, and we've been seeing uh, resources coming together to, to support and build schools and to support children and to create safe houses for uh, rescued children and women, empowerment movements. Uh, women are climbing mountains, uh, Freedom Climb. Yeah. It's been so exciting for us to see. I, and I will tell you, I think Matthew would agree, uh, it took longer than we imagined, and we it took endurance and persistence to just stay stay at it. But it's been amazing to see this corner turned and to see all this uh, uh, momentum unleashed. Matthew, when you pray for India, tell us how you pray, and maybe that can guide how we pray. I think I began praying a prayer that uh, after I went to India, I said, God, would you begin to break our people's hearts with what breaks yours? You know, and when you begin to say, God, I'm going to be open to, to really what breaks your heart. And, and if it breaks yours, would you just convict me? Um, I began praying, God, that you would bring freedom one child at a time. And that, again, that we here in the West, we could be a catalyst for, for changing the next generation there. So I really want to be in tune with what God's doing and where he's moving and what breaks his heart. And when I read scripture, I began to understand, as I told you, and what breaks his heart are the, full, the poor, the disenfranchised, those who have no voice. And when your heart begins to break for those things and you begin to step out and do things for Jesus Christ and be obedient to his call, and I think that's when he shows up and does great things in your life. But I begin to pray that. God, what breaks your heart? And may it break mine so I can honor you with the life you've given me to live here. Ken, would you like to add to that? Uh, I know that, uh, that in many ways my, my heart was broken. And as uh, our hearts are broken, uh, we believe this is the message of Matthew 25, that Jesus says, if you will uh, leave your comfort zone and go to where the people are hurting, where the problem is so huge you can't even imagine a way to fix it, but you'll engage it, you'll listen, you'll care, you'll see, You'll embrace, and you bring my love in that context. Jesus promises that I will meet you there. And we've seen that happen over and over again. It happened to me, and we're praying that that will happen for many, many, many more people. Well, my thanks to both Ken and Matthew today. Online resources that will give you additional information and practical steps that you and your church can take to get involved in this global freedom movement are all linked at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Also, there's a companion study guide available for the movie and the book. You can learn more about the study guide by visiting firstpersoninterview.com and follow the links provided. Be sure also to click on the banner for Operation Mobilization to learn more about OM's role. And the DVD of the Not Today film will be released this coming week. If you didn't see it in the theater, or if you did see it and want to see it again or share it with others, look for the DVD release in just a few days. It would make for a great small group or family viewing and discussion. Again, you'll find more information at firstpersoninterview.com. And if you joined us late today, you can go back and hear the entire conversation again online at firstpersoninterview.com. And it's on iTunes as well. Of course, we'd welcome your feedback on Facebook. We're found there at facebook.com slash first person interview. 
Next week, you'll meet Lee Ellis, a man who spent several years of his life as a POW in Vietnam. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Please join us next week for First Person. First Person.